Okay. Let's just uh, one last, one more time, uh, open a word of prayer, and then we'll get started in our study in Romans 14. Our Father, we just ask you to um, please open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things from your law. And it's in your Son's name we do pray. Amen. Okay, so our section for today is a very, um, it's a big one, expands to another chapter, but there is a common thread and theme in um, when we started all the way back in 12, so it does continue, but we get some more granular as far as our commands and what we can be doing when we're practicing our faith, practicing working out our salvation. So we'll say more about that soon, but if I could... At least, um, I like to give somewhat of a, of a theme. Um, if I could frame this section in, in, in a few words, um, it actually would just be one of the verses. And since it was already quoted uh, this morning, just a few minutes ago, um, so I asked Jack if he would like to come up and, and actually just quote that verse for us since he said it so well. And let me get out of the way so he can, you can all see him. I think that one's on, right, Tim? Okay. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Romans 14.8. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. So if you heard, again, uh, what Jack um, quoted is the Christian isn't his own. He belongs to somebody. And sometimes we, um, let's just look at it as uh, uh, the state that we're in, right? We are the Lord's. Once we become saved, once we um, um, align ourselves and, and, and repent and we become a true born-again believer, the Lord is our Savior right now. He's all, we already belong to him as a created being, right? It's not that we can throw that off, but we've been now reunited. So we're the Lord's. And so as Jack quoted to us, whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. And, and so what he's going to capture is, is how I interact with inside the body, how I interact when I go to church with other Christians, like how, you know, if we could frame just this, uh, uh, sometimes this uh, mindset on how I can deal with people, just remember, I'm the Lord's. Whether I live or when I die, I belong to the Lord. Now, that changes things, doesn't it? Because sometimes, which we're going to find out some uh, some warnings today, which, by the way, my um, my Bible died this morning, so I got my backup up here, but it's literally the same translation. So, um, we are the Lord's, and so... You know, if I can just frame myself and have this mindset, yes, you know, we want to be out there and, and, and I try to think of this in, in an application way, way. How can I apply this to myself? I just got to remember I'm the Lord's. That person, especially when, and this is what, um, we're going to, we're going to hopefully get to it today is that Paul also says, well, that person, that brother, that sister is also the Lord's as well. And so how I deal with him, sometimes we can put ourselves in the position to say, well, you know what? I'm the master of that person or, or I can, I can pass judgment on that person because, you know, I know better. Well, no, that person's the Lord's too. Right? And so if I can just remember my place and put the Lord where his place is, we can avoid all this. But you know what? 
Let's start reading though. The second, um, these two, these two verses really just capture me and I wish we could spend the remaining amount of our time here and just look at examples because I think everybody has come across this. Look at verse 1 and 14. We're just going to go by verse by verse and see how much we get. Hopefully, I haven't even looked at the questions since we went over them, so hopefully I don't cover any of it because I'm really excited to see um, what the brothers and sisters um, have when we go and dis- discuss this later. But as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Welcome him or her. But not to quarrel over his opinions. And also I would couple this with 15.1. We who are strong have the obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. Look at, listen, look at those two commands. Remember, if we could just frame it this way, that we are the Lord's, right? This would make total sense. So when, when somebody comes into the meeting, is what he says, listen, we identify that one is weak in faith. We can talk more about this hopefully in the discussion, uh, this, 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 uh, this, uh, afternoon, early evening, but, we identify, listen, this person is weak in faith in this, in this scenario, right? They, uh, they are, uh, perhaps we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but they, they, they hold one religious day higher than the other. And they said, well, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. Well, if that person is weak in faith, we're to welcome him in verse one. Not for this, not for this, uh, uh reason to quarrel over his opinions. Now, you would say that that's pretty devious. You're almost like setting up a trap. But sometimes I've been guilty of this before. Not not saying I've welcomed somebody in the church, but sometimes I've baited people that I knew had a different opinion of mine to butt head with them and start arguing with them. But that's not what the verse is saying. It says, welcome him, receive that person, but not to quarrel over his opinions. And I would say this, uh, to couple that with this verse, and we read it in verse, uh, this is in chapter 15, 1. We who are strong have the obligation to bear with the failings of weak, with the weak, not to please ourselves. And so, where's the ownness then? Is it on that person, the weak brother or sister who has a, a, a small faith, or maybe has a, a differing opinion that we know is, it doesn't really matter, it's insignificant, that they need to change their mind about it. And I need to convince them otherwise. Brother, sister, you need to change your mind on this situation. It, it's insignificant what it is. No. What is it? My, my responsibility, if I'm the one who's strong in faith, is to receive them, is to bear with that person. Why? Because if I live or die, I am the Lord's, right? Not only that, 15 goes on a little bit further, that the Lord Jesus Christ is our example, right? He bore with us, right? He bore with those who are weak and frail, and he didn't come over and stomp them and beat them over the head with something. He says, listen, you need to change your ways. He did that sometimes. But when we're talking about uh, inside the church, how I interact with it, we who are strong have the obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. Because you know what? Because when we're talking about knowledge and what we know, this is where a lot of the shortcomings and the uh, pitfalls are. Um, 1 Corinthians talks about this. This is also the same writer. But he says this in... Um, he says this in chapter 8. You might know this. this he, he picks up another uh, a pitfall of that time, which was food fat, sacrificed to idols. Now concerning food offered to idols, this is 1 Corinthians 8, 1. We know... All of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up. 
but love builds up. And so what is he saying? He's saying, listen, they had an issue in the church there. And brother so-and-so, um, you know what? He had a problem with eating uh, food sacrificed to idols. Now, that's kind of strange to us because, you know, we don't have that an active center of worship here in the United States where people are bringing uh, food and, and things to sacrifice. But then they did, right? They had idols and centers of worship, and people would bring things to sacrifice to these idols. Now, we know that's detestable and we know that's wrong, but at that time, right, what would they do with that sacrifice once it was done? Well, they would resell it. And so Christians would go out, right, and some of them would say, listen, this is just meat, or this is whatever it is. I don't have no problem eating it. But then, you know, brother or sister so-and-so at the meeting would know about that, and they said, listen, you can't do that. It's it's food sacrificed to idols. But here's what Paul says is, listen, we all have that knowledge. We all have it. We know it. But you know what? Knowledge by itself is going to puff up. It's going to well up in you. And you can you can um, attest to this yourself, right? It's going to build this thing up and say, you know what? It's called pride and it's ugly. And that's where the pitfall is when we come to a person who's weak or strong or a difference in their opinions is, you know, I have a position and I need to defend it. And you know what? That brother, that sister, they're assaulting my position and I need to defend it or I need to get them on my side. And this pride and this, you know, the knowledge that I have, it's going to bring me up. But he says, Paul, Paul says this, listen, and the Holy Spirit says this to us. Love is the one that builds up. You know, knowledge is going to build me up but in the wrong way. But love is going to build everyone else up. And I'm not saying that knowledge is a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Knowledge is great. Um, great learning. Even Ecclesiastes talks about there's great, there's endless uh, books that can be written about knowledge. It's, it's a good thing, but it needs to be coupled with love when we're dealing with individuals, right? How we apply that knowledge, that's where it's going to be useful, when it builds people up, not just... Well, if I know something and I know a religious holiday is, is meaningless, but this brother thinks that it's important, right? How can we meet in the middle, right? It, we are supposed to bear with one another. Love builds up. Knowledge by itself without love is going to puff up. All right, continuing. Um, I wanted to give one other um, example as we're talking about these when we're talking about uh, differencing of opinions and how we, you know, um, you know, I have a strong opinion about one thing and then uh, this person doesn't. Um, I'm going to give one personal example because I, it did happen to me as it was many, many, many years ago. And then I'm going to look at actually first I want to look at uh, one in the Bible. I couldn't find actually one example that's an apples to apples example, but I did find one where the person's response is something we should model after. Um, this one's found in um, Numbers uh, 16. There was a time when, as the children of Israel were, were, were traveling through the wilderness, they haven't yet made it to the destination that God was bringing them. Remember, he brought them out of slavery, right? Brought him to himself, rescued them. And they were on this journey, right? They were learning war. They were learning what they were going to be how they're going to conduct themselves in the promised land. And this group of people came up and had a disagreement with Moses because they said, you know what? You know, 
Lord's declared us all holy. You know, all of us have a great position. Moses, who are you to elevate yourself? Now, I understand that's a great uh, sin of rebellion. I'm not saying this is an, an apples-to-apples type of comparison, but I want you to look at how Moses responded. It says, we're just going to skip, this is in 16, verse 3. And they assembled themselves against Moses and against Aaron. They said, listen, you have gone far, you have gone too far. For all the congregation is holy. Every one of us, uh, every one of them, um, for all the congregation is holy. Every one of them. And the Lord is among them. Why do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? And so that's the, that's the, um, gripe they said. Now, listen, if you were put yourself in Moses' position, remember, Moses was, um, was, uh, tutored by the Lord. Remember, he was not willing to go. Lord was wrestling with him. And even in that 40 years where he was sent out there, right, he was even being trained to lead these people. But here, Moses was brought out, right, was picked by the Lord to lead these people out. And now, this group of people who were in slavery, right, and they were in a dire situation that they couldn't get out. Now they're going to rebel against the leader of that group. And I, and I wonder if, if I was in Moses' position, how I would handle it. You know, maybe if I still had some kind of way of throwing my, my staff down into a serpent, I'd let them bite up those people, right? You know, let me take care of business. Oh, you want to challenge the authority? Now that, listen, even when I say that, right, you can kind of hear the pride welling up. But what does Moses do? This is a great example of how we should deal with these kind of situations. When Moses heard this, he fell on his face in front of them. You know, Moses, one of the things, and, and, and there are some, you know, negative things. The man was just a human person, but it says that he is the meekest person in all the earth. But what he just did is he fell on his face because he understood. Listen, they're not just griping against me. They're griping against the God, right? And so if I understand that, you know, if a person or a, a brother or sister has a differencing opinion, it's not me versus them. It's, you know, sometimes we get that in our head, you know, it has to be this side or that side. No, they belong to the Lord. I belong to the Lord. We're on the same side. And if they have a, you know, this is, again, we're not saying they're, they're rebelling against the Lord, but the idea is this, he just was a meek person when it came to this. Fine. Differencing person, I'm not going to come and beat you over the head. I'm going to let the Lord handle it because, you know what? They're of the Lord's too. So Moses fell on his feet, uh, fell on his face just before these people instead of just, you know, taking a hammer to them or doing something, eventually those people ended up paying the price, of course, because their rebellion was very, um, was very, um, that was a very important thing. That was very uh, uh, serious what they did. And we're not, I'm not saying this is exactly when we have these differencing opinions. They're not rebel, it's not rebellion, but just look at the way Moses handled it, is that he was a meek person when it came to it. Um, the other one, is a personal example. Um, I remember um, a while back, um, somebody grabbed me, and, and it's funny because I'm not even wearing a tie today, but they said to me that, you know, to this effect, I don't even remember the exact verbiage, but they said, you know, my unsaved children treat the Lord more holy than you do because you don't wear a tie. Now, at the time, I remember hearing this, and I'm like, you know, oh, I was like, should I, you know, take the knowledge that I know and just uh, back, uh, back, and start, to, you know, slapping them around with it? But, you know, I, even the Lord, like, I didn't, you know, the Lord's still working on me then, but I just was like, you know what? I kind of like, mm, 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 okay. And then, but later the Lord was wrestling with me. He's like, what should I do? I know that's not right. But look, if I could have just applied this 
what we're now looking into and what we're learning, it's my obligation to bear with that person. It's not my obligation to change their mind about their situation. You know, what, what's the big deal if I have to wear a tie? Now, listen, as I told Wincy that later, she's like, oh, you love ties. I was like, well, the Lord kind of worked on that, you know. Now, of course, I'm not wearing one today. I'm wearing this nice shirt that my wife got me, very um, formal in Dominican Republic. But um, what is it? what's the big deal if I have to wear a tie? Who cares, right? You know, if that person thinks it's that important to them, it's not going to make me more holy. That's silly. You know, it's very superficial. But, you know, if that person thinks it's a big deal, what's the problem? Yeah, it might be a little uncomfortable. i got to choke myself for a little bit for a few hours. But what's the big problem, right? And so, again, it's the obligation of the person who's strong, right, to build that person, to bear with them, the one who is weak, receive him, not to quarrel over the opinions, right? And so... Again, and also thinking about um, 1 Corinthians 8, right? Knowledge puffs up by itself, but love builds up, right? Coupling those two things, knowledge and and love. Okay, continue now on to verse 2. This is in uh, Romans 14. The one who believes that he might eat anything, while the weak person, he starts going into some examples. The one who believes that he might eat anything, while the uh, weak person eats only vegetables. Uh, let the one who eats despise, uh, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed them. For who are you to pass judgment on another, uh, on a servant of another? It is before, uh, his own master he stands and falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. And so he gives a particular example. This is the reason why he's writing this is because, again, this is not the first time. Remember, in, in Corinthians had this same issue with this meat sacrifice idol. He says, listen, you know, a person says, well, you know what? I only eat vegetables. I want to go on the Daniel diet. You know, Daniel was a pretty spiritual guy. And, you know, I can read. Let's just make this a little more uh, applicable today, you know. And I, I want to go on the Daniel diet, vegetables and whatever else, and water. And you know what? That's going to bring me closer to God. Is it really something that's superficial? No. But if a person, right, has that, and they have, well, it also talks about a person that needs to judge for themselves, right? They have to do things in faith. But you know what? So what? If they want to just eat the vegetables, remember, it's the responsibility of the other person to bear with them, right? Okay, fine, great, brother or sister, eat vegetables. And you know what? When you come over, you know what we're going to have? Vegetables, no meat, you know, no steaks, no churrasco, no any of that stuff. Oh man, I love that. No, we're going to have vegetables. Because you know what? If I'm going to build up that brother or that sister, it's not going to be slapping them with the knowledge that I have. It's going to be receiving them in love, welcoming them, not to quarrel over their opinions, but welcoming them. Man, I am totally ahead of myself because I want to look at this outline. Now, because this is the section that we're in, and this is supposed to be in red. It's not looking great up there because that's where we're in. Uh, but I really dug really hard um, for, I remember years ago, and I wish Jamel was here to remind me what year it was, but a brother who's now with the Lord, Randy Amos, did um, a study on Romans at Camp Horizon. And I don't know if this is it because I could not find it, but I did find one online. So, And I wish I could credit the person who actually... Um, um, wrote this outline, so I just uh, used it as it came. But 
If we can make an outline of Romans, I think this is great. It all is, lines up with P's. And, and then there's a over, uh, just one word which starts with an S that can, um, overarching the ideas. But chapter one and three, there's problems with unrighteousness. We already talked, we don't spend too much on it. And it's sin, right? The whole world is guilty before God. What, what, what are we to do? Well, God has to provide a way. Provision of righteousness. Salvation. He picks up salvation, chapter four and five. After that, the position that we're in, right? Six and eight. The pursuit of righteousness, where we are, right? We're, we're battling with the flesh. We're, we're set in Christ. The, the uh, body of sin is dead. Sanctification. That's what he's talking about. Nine and, tw- uh, nine and twelve. We just got out of this. He's talking about Israel and them being selected, the program of righteousness. And then finally, the last uh, section, which we're going to look at, 13 to, to 16, which we're in the midst of. We have one more chapter on with, with my uncle's doing it next week, Lord willing. But how does salvation look in practice? The practice of righteousness and its service. We started this from verse 12. And so what he's, he's capturing that as he's moving this, this idea and, and really it's just the gospel. If you want to big, put a bigger word on it, it's the gospel. What does the gospel look like in practice? Now that I'm a Christian, am I just to stay to myself or, or, or on my own master? No. You know, how do we interact with other, you know, because there are going to be problems. There's going to be, you know, when there's a group of people, somebody wants to tell me, whenever there's a group of people, there's going to be problems. Listen, because we have, we're, we're still personally wrestling with that, right? We have those two natures. Right? Now that we're saved and we've been freed from sin, we're not a slave to it, but it's still there, right? And that knowledge and those things puff up and well up and, you know, how do I deal with that? Well, he's going to show us in, in, in 14, just examples and how we're going to interact with one another and how we can continue on this path and, and show the, the gospel working and not only in my life, right, in others, right, and be like Christ. And so, you know, the, this idea of, of quarreling over vegetables came up in what to eat in the diet. I tried to think of, um, a more, maybe today, of some of the hot topics, you know, that in, in, I want to say this too is, you know, talking about knowledge, there's been a lot of hurt when it comes to people taking strong opinions and there's been disagreements. I also looked up this, too. Um, you know, the, the, the trend is is when the going gets tough, what's the rest of it? The tough get out of there, right? Well, that's not what is the tough get going or something. But, you know, when, when things aren't going our way, you know, the idea at job especially, you know what, I'm going to leave this team or I'm going to leave this job. And sometimes, you know, because of technology and, and, and the way that um, and the advancements in, in travel, you know, that, that's affordable today. Things aren't going well at my church or I have a disagreement, I'm out of here. But you know what, I don't read that. I don't find that anywhere in the Word of God. And so the, the word of God, you know, it doesn't say, I mean, unless you can show me otherwise, but, you know, how, how can then we maintain this group of people to stay together instead of all leaving because they have disagreements with one another? Somebody needs to get in there, right, and be the one to bear with one another, right? Bear with that brother or that sister that says you can't eat that vegetable or you can't eat that vegetable and have a strong opinion about it. And we're reminded to... Um, oh, back to what I was thinking of, 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 of today's example, like, you know, some of these things, and, and listen, I, I, not that I'm saying that anybody here 
has had this, but I, I just, um, at my job, man, it is, it is, even we're all remote and you could just hear the heat coming off of people's voices is the vaccination thing. Now, again, I, when we're talking about the differences of opinion here, there's, there's a big, um, delineation, what he's talking about. We're not just talking about in general difference of opinion because he's talking about differences of opinion on how to stay holy or how to be more like Christ. Because listen, they were using diet. They were using religious holidays and, and different things to say, listen, that's going to make me more acceptable with God. That's going to bring me closer to God. It's not. You know, it's not just a difference of opinion, but, you know, the vaccination situation. And man, it is just, you can just hear it. And in even Memorial, where I, where I work, is they're even developing it. I was just telling my wife, um, not long ago, when I first got the vaccination, they said, listen, the first, the first shot is, well, now you're 45% immune. And then you can need another one. Okay, fine. 90%. But now we just had a meeting and they said, you know what? It's never going to prevent you from getting it. Oh, it's just going to reduce the, um, the, uh, if you do get it, it's going to reduce the symptoms. And I'm like, wait, didn't you just tell us this? But you know what? You know, people get so heated and so divided over this thing and, and they take one side and the other and whatever the reason is, I'm sure it's great, you know? But, you know, these little situations can divide Christians to the point where they said, you know, it does more harm to the body than taking a side whether you're anti-vaccination or pro-vaccination. Who cares? You know, let that person, let them make that choice by themselves. And if a person, if I meet a brother or sister has a strong opinion either way, just as I talk to people there, because it's almost like politics talking with them because they, they just get so heated over it, I just listen. Okay, fine. You know, that's fine. And you listen, no, you, you have that, great. You know, I don't even put it out there. And they gave me a badge, a little sticker to throw on my badge. I don't even make it a big deal. Or even more is, is holidays. Some people say, Oh, you should only, Christians should only, uh, celebrate Christmas. They should never celebrate Halloween. I mean, what is that to you? What is that to me? Nothing. But if a person has a strong opinion about that and they make it, uh, uh, and, and, and if I can see that and if, if them, me, whatever, promoting it or not promoting it, if I could build that person up, if I had that mentality, right, well, how would I conduct myself to them? It wouldn't be just to slap them around and say, ah, it doesn't matter. No. How how can I couple my knowledge? I couple it with love. What is my responsibility? Is to build them up, to bear with the failings of the weak, right? It's not to to get them to change their opinion and show them the error of the ways. It's to bear with that individual. It's not to pass judgment. Continuing on, uh, verse 5. One person esteems a day better than another. Religious holidays, whatever it is. Maybe it's a Sabbath. Maybe it's the Sunday, uh, a Wednesday. You know, that's the only time that we can have prayer meeting on the Wednesday. You know, can't be another day. You know, and it, listen, I mean, we laugh about it, but listen, it, people have divided over us. Simple things like that. Divided. It's awful, right? It does much harm to the Bible, uh, to the body, right? And to not only to the individual, you say, well, that individual separating themselves from the flock, but then, it, it has a rippling effect, right? Because where are the Lords? The Lord is ahead. It's not that person's ahead of the church. No, the Lord's ahead. We're part of this body. And if and a person ends up leaving or they're suffering, right, it, it, it ripples down. One person esteems a day better than the other, while the other one esteems all day, days alike. I would be that person, right? Don't matter what day it is. 
but the one each of them should be fully convinced in his own mind. Now here's what he's talking. He's starting to get into the the meat of the person. Now he's talking to a person who esteems, who doesn't esteem, who abstains, who doesn't esteem, abstain. That person needs to be convinced in their mind. Now this is important because you know sometimes I can have a strong opinion of them. And I, actually, I'll give another personal example. I distinctly remember this. This is when I was. 16 or 17, um, probably 16, no, 15. I remember arguing with somebody at, um, at a certain camp. You probably can figure it out by now because I've only been to one camp. No, I've been to a couple others since then. But I remember arguing with another staff member. <clears throat> you can only sing hymns that are found in, shine my light back there, in that black book. All on Sunday morning. Black book. That's the only thing you can do. Now, as a 15, 16-year-old, I didn't know any better. But I, that's the way we did it here, right? There's nothing wrong with it. But I remember arguing with this person to the point where, and it was just interesting as I look back as an adult, and just the way they received it even then, the maturity, I'm thinking, and this person was a year older than I was at the time. I was just thinking, wow, you know, they had a, they had said, well, no, you can do these kind of songs. You can do that kind of songs. And I just was so staunch in my position and I didn't know why. It's just the way we did things, right? But that knowledge was just puffing up in me. And I said, no, you can't assault my position of black hymn book only songs on Sunday morning. You can't, you know? And, you know, it was such a big deal. Now, of course, you know, it, it kind of died down. And she just, well, this person completely just squashed the situation, thankfully, because I was making a fool of myself. But, you know, I, I was not convinced in my mind about this situation. And, you know, a lot of times we have these strong opinions and I'm not actually really convinced about it. And that's what he says to his friend. You need to be fully convinced if you have that in your mind. You need to say, listen, before the Lord, I believe this. I'm fully convicted of this. And it's, it could be just a day. You know, I don't want to celebrate Halloween. Only Christmas. Or I don't want to celebrate Christmas because it's pagan, has pagan roots. Fine. You know, but you need to be convinced in your own mind, not just you know, washing around because listen, those things change with the wind. The one who observes a day, uh, observes it in the honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in the honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, he abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. Listen, that's what he says. He says, listen, whatever you do, whatever I do, whether it's to not to celebrate a holiday, whether it's not to eat a certain type of food, whether it's only to sing hymns out of the black book, I need to be Convince in my mind, and I need to do it in honor to the Lord. If I have that attitude, right, that's going to change a lot of things. I'm not just doing it because <clears throat> this is uh, this is Brian's castle of black hymn book only songs, right? And nobody can assault it. No, if I'm just having, if I can just use whatever I'm doing and whatever I explore into, and and only eat carrots on uh, on supper time, if I'm doing this and giving thanks to the Lord and giving honor to Him, it's going to change everything, rather than. Right? Me saying, well, this is my knowledge. This is my pride. I, nobody can assault it and nobody can come after me here. I need to be fully convinced in my own mind. Now, remember, he's talking to the one who has these convictions. They need to be fully convinced. They're going to give thanks to God for this, right? Now, if I can't, right, maybe I need to rethink my position, right? Is God getting the honor in this? Is God getting the glory? But if he is, right, to that person, awesome, right? So be it. And we're getting to our theme verse. Jack read it for us. For none of us lives to himself, <clears throat> and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live 
to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. For, uh, uh, for to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord of the dead and living. Now, I do remember I do have a question on that. Excuse me. We won't um, look too much into the end part of 9 because I'd like to hear what the brothers and sisters have to say. But listen, we are the Lord's. Whether we live or die, we belong to him. I don't belong to myself. Sometimes that's where Brian gets in the way of what the Lord wants to do with Brian's life is because I end up crawling back on and says, listen, I know what's best for my life. Brian is the master of his own throne, of his own life, right? I want to sit on the throne. No, if I want to see progress, if I want to see carry out what God's plan, what his will is for my life, right, I need to step down and let the Lord take that position, right? I'm the Lord's. I need to remind myself instead of uh, playing the pretender and thinking that I am the master and know what's best for my own life. And then he says this he, 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 in verse 10. He says, listen, who are you to pass judgment on your brother? Then he brings this up. You know, if we carry out this, uh, uh, this scenario of, a, say, we in, in, are, are meeting a brother or sister who abstains or, or carries, uh, they, they, they take a day more re- uh, religious or they treat it more holy than the other, you know, where are we going with it anyways? Right? Where is it going to lead is we want to pass judgment on that person. Like, how dare you eat that food? How dare you not eat that food? How dare you... Uh, 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 honor that holiday. That's the devil's holiday. Or that's, you know, whatever. Who are we to pass judgment on your brother? Or who are you, uh, or you, why do you despise your brother? For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, I, and as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. So let us all give himself account to God. And he reminds us, he says, listen, you know, don't, Put yourself in the position where God needs to be anyways, where God's going to be, right? Every individual, Christian or not, is going to stand before God in some form or way, right? They're going to give account to Him. So why am I putting myself, or why am I even speeding up that process when it hasn't happened yet And for that individual? So listen, um, since I'm looking at him, um, you know, who are you to, uh, you know what, Nathaniel? You know, you need to give account because you keep this kind of holiday and you know what? That's not the way a Christian should do. Why am I putting myself in God's position? God's the one that he has to give account to God. I have to give account to God. Let God sit, have that position, right? But see, that's where it ends up. When we start arguing with individuals about these matters, we end up becoming the judge. When that's not our title. That's not something that, that's not the crown that we wear. That's God's. And so, Think this thing through. When we start arguing with individuals, we want to be the judge. Don't pass judgment. Don't pass judgment on your brother or your sister. Listen, everybody's going to give account to God. Everyone. Every knee shall bow, right? And so God's going to take care of it. What's my responsibility? I'm going to repeat myself because I just love this verse. We who are strong, we're just going to call we who are Christians, right? Doesn't have to be strong. Have the obligation to bear with the failings of the week, not to please ourselves, right? Couple that knowledge that we have with love. Build up one another. Not just to build up my knowledge and my, what I know, right? Build each other, uh, build one another up rather than looking at myself. And so he continues this, uh, not to pass judgment. Remember, if we get in these arguments, it's gonna lead to that 
that position where I'm passing judgment on. He says, listen, don't remind you. He reminds us, listen, everyone's going to stand before God. Every knee is going to bow before him. That's God's position, not ours. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another no longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of the brother. I mean, how powerful is that? I mean, think about this. Would I be the one, would I want to give an answer to that, that I put a stumbling block in front of another brother or sister because of some minor issue as this? I mean, can you, I mean, that's, that's sending ripples into eternity, right? Because when we get there, when we have to give an account for it, I made such a big deal because they didn't eat carrots or they didn't eat this and, and they didn't carry out that religious holiday as I, as my fervor, you know, had. Or they didn't wear a tie on Sunday morning. You know, don't put a stumbling block. You know what's interesting? The stumbling block, and, and I think he go, he doesn't quote it here, but, you know, there was a stumbling block that was placed in Israel, right, that ended up crushing some of them, but it's the Lord Jesus, right? He was a stumbling block for them because, you know, their pride had, had skyrocketed so much, right, that they had to be brought low. But, you know, do I want to be in that position to put a stumbling block in front of a brother and sister because of my own pride or my own position of, of, of self-piety? No. Don't do that. Don't pass judgment. For I know and I'm persuading then in the Lord that nothing is unclean in itself, but if it is unclean to the one who thinks it's unclean. So if you're, he says, listen, and this is, this is, this is a very powerful statement because this guy was a Jew. He was brought up many years learning that certain animals and certain things that he would intake into his mouth were unclean. He would not do it. But he got to the point that he says, listen, I'm fully convinced the Lord showed me nothing's unclean, right? Lord undid, undid in his mind everything that he learned through the Jewish religion, through the rabbinical teachings and everything like that. He says, listen, nothing's unclean, but for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love by what you eat. Do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. And I think we're going to complete with this thought. This was a good uh, thought to end with. And we can replace that with whatever. We can replace it with my position on vaccination, my position on schooling, my position on whether I should work or not, whatever it is, right? That these, these little things that we can get so heated up and we can get each other stoked and just, uh, and we want to kill each other. Listen, if I am grieving my brother and sister by what I'm eating or what I'm doing, I am not walking in love anymore. You know, it's funny is sometimes we think that it is love. You know, I'm trying to change their position now. That is a form, the Bible talks about that, you know, that I could save that brother or sister from a pitfall they're walking in. But, you know, this, this idea of, a, of when we have these, uh, when a brother or sister has these strong opinions and I come across them, and, but if I then purposely go the opposite the way, maybe to teach them a lesson, whatever the reason is, if I'm grieving them in this way, and I'm offending them in their conscience because they have, you know, they before Lord says, yes, I'm, I'm convicted of this matter, but I knowingly do that and throw a stumbling block in their way and I grieve them. I'm no longer walking in love. I might not think it. I might even not say it. Like, yes, I love God. But you know what? What I'm doing to his body, right? It proves that I'm not. I'm not doing things in love. By what you eat, do not destroy for whom, do not Destroy the one whom Christ died. This is very powerful. Because this should really bring us to our knees. 
Because if the Lord Jesus Christ, not only he created us, right, but that he would sacrifice his life for you, for me, for the entire world, he died for that individual, and then I would take it and through my knowledge, you know, put a stumbling block and make that brother grieve him and and tear them down. That's a person that Christ died. That would change my opinion, wouldn't it? That's a person that Christ has special interest in. And then I'm going to destroy what Christ has worked for in that person's life by what I'm doing? I'm not walking in love anymore. And Paul warns us. He says, do not... We'll include this as well. He's like, do not include what you're doing, what you think is good, be spoken as evil. Right? He, he takes a little bit further. He says, listen, that's great that you're doing these things in good, but don't let it be turned into evil. And how can it be turned into evil? If I use that knowledge to grieve that brother, that sister, by their position, whatever their position is, right? Remember, couple it with this. Knowledge puffs up, right? But you need to couple it with love. It is my responsibility as a Christian to receive that person, right? And build them up. Bear with them. Bear with them. Welcome them. Not to quarrel over their opinions, but to welcome them sincerely. I think we've gone far as we can go before we get into more um, <clears throat> other topics. And we'll look forward to the studies tonight and hearing what the brothers and sisters have. But I just want to remind the story of Moses when I look back at it. Um, that was one of the first things I was looking through. Um, examples, biblical examples of this, how it can be borne out. And I just, I tried to put myself in Moses' shoes. I mean, some of the things I would say is, listen, dude, you didn't know what I was doing 40 years in the desert. Who are you to come up to me and start challenging my authority? Like, this authority didn't come from me. God's the one that put me in this position. You know, some of the things I, I was thinking, I was saying, but what is Moses' response? He fell on his face before them, right? And, and, and that just blew me away because, you know, if I can just have that, and really, I, I wish we, we, the, the chapter gets into this, but we look at Christ. Christ is our ultimate example and what, how he interacted with us, how he took the low place when he was dealing with individuals, right? He didn't come around. There was times that he did, right? And have a strong and try to change it, but he took the low place. He took the low place and he, when he's dealing with it, and Paul talks about it, he pushes him back. He says, listen, Christ took that position. He was way up, you know, he's our creator, he's our God, but he took the low position. If I can take that, uh, a brother, I use his name because it's, I credit him as saying this, but Scott DeGroff used to always tell me, he's like, listen, you know, everybody's clamoring to get to the top, right? Get to the top of the ladder, right, in the business world, cutthroat. You know, you're slashing people's ankles and, and cutting their ladders so they fall down. But, you know, there's one place that nobody fights for. It's the bottom. But that's where, that's where the Bible really points us, right? Because Christ gave us that example. If we're just climbing down instead of climbing up, climbing down to the bottom, what would that local assembly be like? If everybody was going down and just abasing themselves and submitting themselves to one another and building each other up and not to please themselves, what would that local assembly look like? Right? It, it wouldn't look like the, what, what Paul's trying to correct here, right? And I understand that, you know, each individual is at a different stage, but 
That's the, that's the, the position that we want, to be climbing down rather than be climbing up. Rather than to, uh, to puff myself up and say, listen, this is, I've arrived at this position of, of theology. I'm going to slap, start slapping people around because, you know, I, this, is, this is my stronghold. No. Build one another up. It, you know, the, even when we're talking about gifts, right? Gifts, you know, what they're meant for is to be used outwards, right? Not to be used inwards. Not to be used inwards. But he's just carrying these themes. And when we're talking about the practice of righteousness, it's service. Oh, I totally left my outline. We'll just, this is what we'll end with. I know some of you like the simple things, and I, my dad's not here, so he'll like it. But we have two do nots and two, uh, and two do's. Do not pass judgment. 14 to, uh, chapter 14, 1 to 12. Do not cause another to stumble. We already talked about that. 13 to 23. That's the end of the chapter. Do bear with one another. Chapter 15, 1 through 7, and do as Christ has done. Very simple. Do not pass judgment, right? We talked about because when we get in those arguments, that's what it's going to lead to. We're going to start passing judgment. That's God's position. Do not cause another to stumble. Don't throw that stumbling block in front of him. Remember, that's one who Christ died. Not only died for me, that per- God has a vested interest in each individual, right? If I can have that mentality, it's going to change the way that I deal with other individuals. Do not cause another to stumble. Do as, uh, do bear with one another, right? My responsibility is to bear with one another, not to, to slap them around and change their opinion. No, build them up. Bear with them. Bear with one another. Cause you know what? God bears with me. You know, we tend to forget that. You know, we want mercy when we mess up, but we don't want to give mercy to other people when they mess up. Do bear with one another. Do as Christ has done. Christ has given us the ultimate example, right? He was the ultimate servant in what he did, serving others, washing the feet. Do as Christ has done, verse 8 to 16, and we'll close with that. Father, we just thank you for this little section of how we can get our, um, how the gospel looks and practice. And Father, we just thank you that we can always look back at the Lord Jesus and what he did. And so Father, we just pray that you'd make us more, that's your promise that you're making us more like the image of your son. And we just pray that we'd be willing participants in this, in this venture and that we would just bend our will to yours and that we just let you work. And just bring us home safely. We just are so thankful for um, just the, the news of what you're doing in Atiba's life. I, meant, I failed to mention that. It's just so awesome, Lord. Just continue to work and continue to strengthen Sicily in this matter. We want to see him be saved. In Lord Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.